Patrick's got a great question. Phil Loopers, ditto versus the Jam Tech or the Jam Man versus the Boss RC3. Um, I've used every looper you can pretty much think of. I've had no issues with any of them. They all seem to work the same. I'm not a big fan of the of uh, making it more complicated than it needs to be. So I usually just tell you what I use. I have a Ditto, I have a more Looper, and I have an RC1 uh, that I like that are all very straightforward. Um, I always say like if uh, recording is paint to canvas, looping is pencil to paper. It's just to sketch ideas out. I've had some pretty elaborate loopers and if you're gonna perform with them, I suggest those, but for at home, just getting out ideas, keep it easy. Uh, Ryan Nakamoto says, hey, what's your thoughts on Guitar Center 0% financing? I remember you saying you had a card. I do have a card at Guitar Center. Um, it's fine. I have a Guitar Center. Uh, I have a Sweetwater card too. They're all um, like synchrony financial or whatever. So I, I think I have the rounds, all the, the cards. And um, 0% financing is great, right? 12 months, 0% uh, financing. Um, you know, I like it um, because sometimes when I buy something, I'm not sure how it's going to work out. So it's nice to know that if there's a problem, you're protected by the credit card company. So that's why I do that. Um, uh, Farm Trooper says, how is your Gibson Les Paul? Uh, the classic. It's good. You know, I've had a love-hate relationship with it. I loved it. And then I was having a not-so-loving-it kind of feeling. Now I'm back in love with it. Everything's fine. Um I kept thinking it didn't sound as good as my other Les Paul, and uh, through more A-being, what I realized is uh, it doesn't sound the same, but it sounds good, and so uh, I'm keeping it. I'm happy. So I got a little nervous because I thought I wasn't loving it, and you know, when you buy something new like that and you sell it, you're going to lose a lot of money. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, hey, Phil, this is from Chris. Hey, Phil, what's up with replacing pickups on a pre-refined Parker? I read that DiMaggio makes uh, ones that fit, could you, uh, but couldn't find any for sale. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that, Chris. All they do is take a Dremel and cut them. You have to cut um, the tabs off. You know, the. Uh, if you guys don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about a Parker Fly. So, um, so those guitars, they are direct-mounted pickups. So all you have to do is two things. First, you'll have to cut the little uh, tabs off, the pickups. And the second thing is you have to figure out which screws, because there's always two screws in the pickups that are going through the screws into the body. Um, and um, so it's not the easiest thing, but it could totally be done. Uh, Seymour Duncan will totally help you. They make pickups, but you can do it yourself. It's such an easy thing to do. I, I would recommend it. So... Um, that's something if you have time maybe you can message me and i'll i'll do what i can to help but it's a straightforward thing i've done it many guitars many parkers um okay uh d Sh d snav says hey phil ever try a legacy vl 100 um i have at a guitar center which doesn't really always count right because but it was in the private room so it was a little quiet um, my buddy was telling me how much he loved his and I plugged into one. He was with me and I was like, ah, it's all right. And he's like, ah, I thought I remember even better. So who knows what they did to it. I thought it was good. I just didn't fall in love with it at the moment, but, um, I hear good things and I, and I didn't hate it. I just didn't fall in love with it. So Tyler Scott says, what's your take on Washburn? I own a couple of Washburns, acoustics and electrics. I've always liked Washburn. They've had their uh, ownership changed a bunch of times, so it gets a little tricky. But I think the new people running it, which is KMC, are doing a great job. Probably the best job I've seen 
uh, doing Washburn. My biggest frustration with Washburn as a company personally was as a dealer, they were the very first brand I opened the store with. I, I actually signed that deal with them in the front room of my house before the store was even opened. And they were uh, always flipping people. In other words, they were churning the reps and the people. and. And it just got that. That's always frustrating when you're in business trying to build a trying to build a relationship with somebody who's constantly gone with a new person gets a little gets a little problematic. But love love the designs, love the guitars. Uh, Matt has a great question. Hey Phil, what happened to the podcast you were doing? So we did the first two podcasts. Those were like the beta test to see if that's something we did that people are interested in. We put them up on. I forget wherever they are podcast and so Ralph started to put them on iTunes and we need to get approval and we never got the approval so um, this is a good question because it'll be another conversation to have with Ralph this weekend which is where do we leave off on that um, it's waiting for some kind of approval for for iTunes um, upstate supernatural said just want to say thank you for your content it is extremely valuable and awesome. Appreciate everything you do. I thanks, man. That's good. You know, it's nice to hear good things. You hear a lot of bad things on a daily basis, so it's nice when they're they're good things too. Um, you know, just try to keep it fun. I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to make sure we're all having fun and learning something uh, from each other. Um, Brian has a great question. Brian uh, Basira. I think I'm saying that right. Best 212 cab. That's what I'm looking for right now. Right, a good 212 cab. I think I've, I've, um, I had something strange happen to me when I went to Nashville. Um, I came back and and I've had this problem on airplanes before. I need to take over-the-counter pseudoephedrine. You have to take pseudoephedrine. If you have this issue like I do, which is your ear will not pop sometimes when I come off a plane for weeks, um, and it's usually my right side, so it's like having very limited hearing on the right side. And the way to fix that, I have a friend that's a pilot who told me take uh, Sudafed, but it has to have Sudafedrin, so you have to get over the counter. If you're in different countries, you know, I don't know what the rules are there, but here in the U.S., if you want Sudafedrin, you got to get over the counter. And if I take that, it usually, it doesn't, I don't have the issue. This time, I forgot it again, and um, uh, so anyways, my ears were, were driving me crazy for the last couple of weeks, and in that, I thought I was hearing something in my cabinets I didn't like, and then my ears finally popped, and then I realized I, I really want a nice 212, so that's what I'm working on right now. Um, I know it's a weird way to get to where I got, but I really want to get a good 212 and kind of stay away from the 112s for a little while. Um, maybe not run the bass control on my amps so hard. Uh, okay, so uh, the, the, the guitar kid says, Phil, I need help with two-hand tapping. I need to make it loud because I have a huge comp coming up. So, okay. Uh, and doing crazy train and I need help with solos and two-hand tapping the best some of the best ways to do is compression that's a great way to get that to to do that tapping is is course is is your fingers and then the action on your guitar and then the amplifier and the sustain so I mean obviously practicing it's gonna get the best but I do a lot of tapping and the tapping I've done um, it, on bass uh, it, it's usually it's usually just having low action helps a lot so let's see um hold on a second that's funny okay so today's like a mellower one if you notice I'm kind of mellow today oh all right
Yeah, John, we were saying maybe when you can do a video on the selection process of the 212 cabinet. The problem with the cabinets is they're, they're dependent on the amp you're using, the room you're using. Um, you know, so, yeah. I, I'm currently using a base breaker 212. Right now I'm looking down at it. It's underneath the supersonic head. I don't know if you can kind of see it. It's right here. And I ordered myself a PRS 212 cabinet, which is pine. So I'm gonna, And I'm going to probably get the Fender Supersonic 212 and see how all those kind of work out. So, uh, best pedal for long sustain. Uh, that's from, I'm going to say Tishigan Tim. I'm going to say uh, uh, compressors, of course, um, you know, which are also sustainers. I mean, there's a ton of good ones out there. Um, if you haven't tried any, always start with the MXR Red Comp. That's the I always think that's the safest way to start on compressors. Seems like it's not so over the top and it's not so strange. So somebody said, uh, jumped here. I'm gonna try. Somebody was saying, what's compression? Um, You know, uh, Garrett says, hey, you should do a video on how to sound like different guitar players with guitar gear you have at home. You know, that's what the Andertons guys do. They do a video series on that, and I think it's a pretty good series. Um, I've watched a couple. I agree with them on a lot of them. I haven't watched every one, but like on the John Mayer, they were saying use the George Benson amp, and I was like, yep, that's. I think that totally will get the John Mayer sound. Um, so I, if I did it, it would. I'd have to find a new way to approach it that they're not doing. Uh that's the whole problem with all these gear channels. We're, we're trying not to have the same redundant kind of information out there. Garrett says, what do you think of JHS pedals? You know, Lawrence Petros uh, just asked me that the other day, and I admitted to him, I've never owned one. Out of all the pedals I've owned, I've never owned one. Um, I want an Angry Charlie. <laughs> I just haven't done it. I, I think they're probably one of the, the best... Next to Wampler pedals. I think when I talk about rumors, people saying great things, people say great things about Wampler. I, he has a really good following. And then I think JHS has the second best following, um, which I think is, is interesting because there's a lot of pedal companies that I think are great pedals, but they don't have great followings. And that's probably because the owners aren't the nicest of people. That's some experience I've experienced. Some of the owners of, of pedal companies, you know, they're, they're just not people, people, person, people, person, people, persons. Um, D, D Hill said, finally made it to a live show. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you made it. Um, the Oh, Burton56911 uh, says, Phil, how many hours do you get to practice a week? Um, I practice bass um, about an hour to two hours a day. Every day minus the weekend, so five hours or five days a week. Guitar, about an hour uh, a day. Uh, easy. Um, pretty consistent when it comes to practicing. I have a routine. I get up in the morning, I play a little bit. I always play a little bit before I go to bed. And, uh, and sometimes in the middle of the day, I, I practice a little bit. I've always gotten a lot of practice in. Um, and um, it's usually because I'm always working on something. Uh, the problem is I'm not a virtuoso guitar player. I, I, I'm not really technically, so I'm not really practicing scales and stuff. I, in fact, I had a friend over a couple, maybe a week ago, and he was telling me about what he was working on. And I told him, I said, I, you know, I don't really work on scales and stuff. I don't work on playing solos. So I work on rhythm and timing. So those are things I'm always trying to improve on. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a good question. Anthony wants to know, what do you, how do you feel about the Squire Vintage Modified Surf Stratocaster 
with lipstick pickups. I thought it sounded as good as the American series. I had an American Strat with lipstick pickups, and I thought they were the same in in the way they sound. I mean, obviously the 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 uh, Squire has I think the Seymour Duncan designed uh, import pickup versions uh, of the, but. I really don't hear a difference anymore when it comes to pickups in where they're made as so much as the quality materials. So they seem really, really good. Um, 44 Scouts, so he's obviously somebody who pays attention to what I say, says, what about the three champion 40 amps? Yeah, they're still in the hallway. You know, I I think I said this last time too, right? I, the, the hang up I have is, I have three of them, and I put a, a Jensen in one and a Vintage 30 in the other, and then I have the stock speaker. And I think the stock speaker sounds the best. So I was going to demonstrate that, but it seems like a long way to get around to just saying, I think the original one sounded the best. Uh, Nathan Sanjay. What's up, Nathan? Looks like you have the 68 Deluxe behind you. I do. Aren't you at work? <laughs> He's supposed to be at PRS making guitars. How are you liking it? Miss you guys. Hope to see you over Christmas. Uh, so Nathan's a, a good friend of mine. Works at PRS. Um, used to work at the shop. And uh, yes, I have. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it or not talk about it. Where's it at? Oh, you see here. I have the 68 Deluxe. This is the new, uh, I think it's a limited run. Lawrence is really up in his game, you know. Um, and if you guys know, he's here in Arizona and he's close by and we've become friends. And it's um, why my videos are hard to tough to say they're not biased anymore because we're friends i luckily for me though i think he's one of the best build, pedal builders ever so i would definitely put him at the top or if not one of the top two pedal builders um and i'm not just saying that because i'm his friend I, I fell in with his pedals first anyways this is a really cool pedal he's doing um and um this is going to be the 68 deluxe which is just like the 68 but you can switch between the green and the red channel and then add a boost and um, new look, kind of a kind of cool purple, you know, chrome look. You can see if you guys have his pedals, you'll see this is his first kind of like really getting into making the pedals look more polished and and um, and and looking more like how they sound. So, so thank you, Nathan, for for noticing that. Um, Patrick Ether says, "Hey Phil, is that the Hennings Joyo behind you?" Yes, this is the Joyo amp, the Klons. I have done four videos, maybe five now, of it. They are all not right. Um, you know, it's a thing that I hate to admit, and I don't know if I've ever met it in, admitted it in public, but I admit, <laughs> admit it to my friends all the time. Um, if you look at all my videos, I probably make um, three or four videos, well, maybe two or three, two, two or three videos. For every video you see, there's two or three videos that I made that I never released. Um, it just didn't feel right, or I don't think it really captures what I was trying to do. Sometimes the videos, I don't think it's the best sound or the best look or whatever it is, but it's, it captures the idea. And I think that's what it's about, sharing ideas. This amp is so intricate in what it does. It is so hard to capture in a video format. So um, I've really messed with it. So that video is coming soon. In fact, I'm probably going to do a live next week. I think I'm planning to do a live 30-minute uh, or one-hour uh, just about that amp, just to just answer questions and, and go. It's the most involved amp I've ever seen in my life with what it does. So, uh, Maximo 
458 says, what are your views on the Music Man Majesty? I loved it when I listened to it and played it at the shows, at the NAMM shows and stuff. I have a friend who has like three of them. Uh, Eric, he's really into it. And um, I, I love the way it, uh, it sounds. I sit and play a lot. I don't stand and play. And it's not as comfortable to sit with as, as it is a stand with. You can definitely tell John Petrucci made it to be comfortable standing. So, uh, so I like it. Highly recommend it, but that was my hold back on it. Uh, Jupe Curlin says, Hey, Phil, what's your opinion on the Dunlop Mini Wah? I have one. It's over on my shelf over there, and uh, I like it a lot. Um, I like it as much as the full-size Wah. It's fun. It's easy. It's it's little. Um, you know, what's not to like about it? 99 bucks. I think it's got the Faisal in it, which is really cool. And um and and I not only do I have it, but it stayed in the collection. You know, I haven't have felt the need to to find something else. Um, I have the Japanese girl wa, which is over here by EMT. This one, and I did a video about this. And this one's really cool. But I would prefer, like, if I tell people if you're gonna buy one, buy the Dunlop over this one. This one was more like crazy, like an envelope filter. So if you're looking for something crazy, this is the way to go. But I really like that um, the Jun Jun uh, the the Jim Dunlop one better, if that makes any sense. Um, Wally says, hey, from the Bronx. Uh, it's a great movie with Jackie Chan. I love the Bronx, right? Uh, Rumble in the Bronx, right? Is the PRS CE24 a good middle point uh, between the Fender Strat and the Gibson SG? Um, yeah, I don't I don't see why not. If you notice in my tone, I'm kind of apprehensive. I mean, that guitar is too grand, so it's hard to say anything middle. Um, that guitar is a great guitar. It's, it's fantastic in a lot of ways. Um, I, I like it more than a Strat um, in the sound, but I prefer holding and playing my Strat because the body's more comfortable. Um, I was really thinking about getting a CE Satin, and I had a meeting with PRS this weekend, or this week, and, and we were sat, and I, I said, hey, I want to order one, but they don't make them anymore. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, guess we're not getting one. Um, Damon says, what are your thoughts on the McCarty 594 Soap Bar? Um, I just ordered one for a friend, and he's very excited about his. Um, I know very little about it. In fact, I didn't even know about it until he, he asked me if I could get it, my hands on one for him. And uh, I said yes. So uh, I just have, like I said, I just mentioned it. I was having uh, lunch with guys at PRS. And so, so um, uh, but I'll let you know. I'll see it because um, it'll come through my hands before it goes to him. So, so anyways, uh, Oh, Randon, what's up? Randon's on here. Randon is one. He's a. He, you're from pretty much when it started, when the channel started, and he won a pedal even. I think when we did the the fuzz apotomous giveaway. Sorry about that. Uh, his his question is William Hernandez. Oh, he's responding to somebody. So sorry. Let's go to the next one. Brandon says, Phil, come on, man. What do you think about the Classic 30? The PV Classic 30, I love the old American ones. I've seen the new Chinese ones. I've had no issues, and they're fine. Um, I just thought the prices are too high now. They're like seven, right? Seven and a half? I just think that's too much money So for a Chinese amp. I mean, I understand where he's, where they're at. I mean, comparatively in other amp markets, I mean, they're in the, their price right, but I'd really like to see that amp sit in the five to $600 range. But... Quality-wise, they're great. Classic 30 is a great amp. Um, definitely an underrated amp, for sure. You could pretty much gig anywhere and do anything. So, um, next one. 
Anthony wants to know, what do you think a good whammy pedal would be? Do you think the Line 6 M5 plus an expression pedal would do the trick? Also, what is the whammy option on the Line 6 M5? Uh, the Line 6 M5 is fine. It's 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 got a whammy feature in there that works with expression. It's going to be like the first one. It's the first gen, so it's not polyphonic. You can't do chords. It'll sound like the first whammy pedal. Um, what I would suggest is what I have. I like the Pitchfork. I've owned all the whammy pedals from Digitech. They're great. They're just really big footprints. The Pitchfork's really good. I like this one. I've had good experience with that. Um, so I would look into that. Uh, 150 bucks new, and then um, so. But the M5, if you already have it, we'll do it. I have the M5s over there on the shelf as well. Very good stuff. Um, so there you go. There is next. The... Sometimes I'm, I I love that you guys are talking to each other because you guys are answering each other's questions too, which is great. Next question is, Nathan Dillard says, thinking about a new guitar, what do you recommend? Epiphone Les Paul Traditional Pro, which I think are on Selling Musician's Friend. I think I could keep getting updates about that. Or the Gretsch Electromatic Howlabody looking to play blues. Uh, I would, for me, I would probably pick that Epiphone Les Paul Traditional Pro. Especially if you're, it's just weird that you said that one. I, I know for a fact I got an email like a month ago from Music Friend was on sale, then they were gone, and then I just got another email. Uh, it's like 350 or 399 Definitely worth it. I mean, Electromatic Gretsch is going to cost you new 700 bucks, uh, used five. So I think the Les Paul Traditional Pro by Epiphone is a, is a better deal all the way around. Um, and the Gretsch is great guitar. I have Gretsches. I have Electromatic, and I have a Streamliner, and I have a Pro, and they're all fantastic. Um, but versatility-wise, I think that Epiphone Les Paul will be more versatile. So, if. Okay, next is. Scott Tom says, don't the necks on the Wild Audio, he's talking about the Zach Wild guitars, uh, fiddles. <laughs> uh, he's, he called them fiddles, but yeah, Zach Wild Audio guitars feel like an older Les Paul. Man, they're just thick and huge. They're, 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 uh, I don't know that that guitar company. I've been waiting for a YouTuber review it or anything. There's just been nothing. There's just been people who buy them. I think I picked them up at the guitar centers. Never, nothing's ever spoke to me, you know, and said this is this is the guitar. Phil, get this guitar. Um, they're just out there. Um, but yeah, the necks are huge. <laughs> they remind me of like the um, what's his name? The guy from Shinedown has a PRS, and that, and that neck's pretty pretty huge too. Um, let's see. Uh, Scott man 68 says, what's a good starter bass amp for someone on a budget? The, the, I, it's what I have. Uh, the, the, uh, Fender, uh, rumble series, the new rumble series. Uh, it, you can't, you can't beat it. If you don't need to be over a drummer, get the 25. I have a 25 and a 40. The 40 will get you over a drummer just enough. The 25, I mean, they're great. I actually bought the 25 uh, about a month or two ago. I was at a store and I was trying to demo a bass and they had a 25 plugged in. I was like, man, this is so great. Shouldn't be, and it's $99 new. So, so. Let's see, Georgie Porgy. Georgie Porgy says, Univi, before or after overdrive? I run mine before overdrive. Uh, you could probably put it after, but I prefer it before the overdrive. 
Um, I just like the way it sounds. Uh, Geometrical Shape says, what are your thoughts on the Friedman Cali guitars? I played some at the NAMM show. I was telling Dave Friedman about it when I was on that show with him. They they feel great. They're made by Grover Jackson. I, I don't know if you know that. Friedman guitars are actually made by Grover Jackson. Um, of course they're good. They're just expensive. And, you know, that's the holdback. That's a lot of money. It's like two to $3,000. Um, but if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't the money aspect, I'd probably just get one. Cause, but it's a lot of money. But boy, they're great. Uh, Counting Days says, "Hey Phil, VHT amps are supposed to be hand wired, and they are affordable. Any thoughts?" Um, I've played VHT amps. I ha- but they've changed hands, right? That's their thing. They've ch- there's new companies now that have them versus the old companies. The ones I played, I can tell you, were not uh, hand wired. They were inexpensive amplifiers. Um, and I didn't have a bad experience, but so I don't know. But they were good. I didn't keep them because they were limited on features. They, uh, you know, they didn't do much. The ones I had were pretty stripped down. So, but that uh, VHT, I'm pretty sure was owned by one person, and then got bought by another company, and then now it's owned by somebody else. Something that gets a little harder sometimes to keep up on this stuff. I, I usually keep up on most of it, but even I, after a while, they they lose you. They move too much. Um, Tone Seeker says, what are your honest thoughts on the Bugera V22, a, a low-priced tube amp? I, I've said this before. It's been a while since we've touched about this. Bugera, the issue with Bugera for me is that even though they're inexpensive, they're not less inexpensive than a used name-brand amplifier or an amp that you can you know, trust. Uh, Bugera is... The good throwaway stuff, and and I mean that no just disrespect. I mean people play them all the time. Um, I I have never bought one because I have so many friends who have bought them and said they broke. So it's just something I wasn't interested in in, in, in delving into. Um, but we know they make great stuff. The guy who owns Bujera, which is Behringer and TC Electronics, um, you know they're not they're not slouches at this. They know how to make a decent product or cheap. Um, so, but the Bujera V22, it's good. I, I sometimes I personally I'd prefer a used amp, a brand name amp over it. So something that I that I have more familiar with. Let's see, uh, uh, Xavier Jordan says thoughts on Avatar amps. I don't know about the amps. I've tried the cabinets. The cabinets are good. I like Mojo Tone cabinets and Avatar cabinets. Cabinets are right. Uh, they're very reasonable. Will is saying, hey, I have the, he has the VHT Standard 36. It's a Plexiish, and he loves it. Oh, so that may be worth checking out. Uh, Bobster UK says, Phil, how can you, how can you give your guitar a, a more rolled fingerboard edge and, and more played-in fill? Um, that's something I can't tell you, but I could show you. So maybe that's a video to do. Um, it's a scary one because... You know, you got to practice with it. But I think I can do that one. That's something I'll look at. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to do my best to say the name. Ready? Mataza? Matazius? Merrick. I am just killing it. M-A-T-E-U-S-Z. Merrick. Hey, Phil, is it possible to buy a Mesa Boogie Road King 2 in Europe? There are problems with shipping in from USA or Mesa is, pre- uh, is preparing replacement. Um, 
I I've heard that the European market is uh, they're readjusting some of the distributors, so um, I think that's probably the problem. I know PRS now distributes themselves in Europe. That's like a big deal. So the problem with shipping from the U.S. That's the question, right? Is there a problem with shipping from the U.S.? Well, I mean, it's not. They're not going to be. You need. You need the. Uh, what do you guys need? Two twenty. Right, we're not set up for the same power, so I don't know if that one's switchable. Is that one switchable? But, but technically, the technical answer is, technically, U.S. dealers are not supposed to ship over to Europe. So when you contact the big guys, they'll tell you they won't ship because the European market has its own distribution, and they don't want to they don't want to mess with that. But smaller dealers will ship to you, so you just call them. So. And if you message me, uh, you know, if you email me, I'll tell you what dealers I've had good luck with. I can't tell you they're going to do it. I'm just going to tell you which ones I had good luck with. Um, uh, I'm pooping right now. says, do you know much music theory? Do you feel you need it? You know what it is about music theory is the thing I've always said is you need as much music theory as you need. Um, There's no such thing as uh, too much music theory. in my experience. Um, but you do need to know the basics and music theory. I think where problem is, is people just imagine music theory as intricate scales and playing and theory is this, you know, big thing. And, but really like just understanding how one, four, five works or the national number system could be theory. Um, there's a term I like to use. I don't know if I, you know, I didn't come up with it, but I use it a lot. It's called working man's theory. I love it. I mean, I've met hundreds of players that play in clubs and bars make a living playing music but their music theory is very basic and primitive but it's not so much because they're not they don't know more it's that they've learned this is what they need so to me music theory is about not so much the theory of all music but understanding exactly what you're trying to do so if you're playing a top 40 pop band you know like a blues rock pop band well your music theory is going to be very basic you know right you need g and c and d and e and you know, and you need to understand how to play in all the all the in your modes, all your keys. So, um, but yeah, you do need it. You need to understand. the The trick is, and this is not to get sidestepped here. This is some people will say, um, you know, you need it. Some people say you don't. But I will tell you this: you need to know what you're doing, <laughs> right? And what I mean by that is, some players can disintuitively play. And they don't really need to understand the theory to know how they're playing. They're just doing it. But but there's a saying, which is, what do you call someone who can speak a language but not write it? Illiterate. If you can't, if you don't understand some basic theory, you can't communicate with other musicians. And you're going to need to at one at one point. So at the very least, I tell everybody, when I say, when I started this stay, saying with, you need as much theory as you need, you should be able to explain what you do. That's, that's the, think about it. About, how about, sorry about this. Think about how easy that is. Whatever you can do on the guitar, can, you should be able to explain that to people. At least be able to name the chords you're playing, the scales you're playing, the key you're playing in, basic stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, what happens to guitar market if war starts? Uh, that was from Bud. Uh, world music industry prices in the U.S. Um, I, I I don't know. You know, um, 
I don't know. That's that's a hard question. Um, the the real the the real answer is simple. Um, what happens to any industry that is a luxury industry when there's economic issues or or fear? Wars are are going to be uh, fear. So if if something happens, then it's going to take a hit. So I, it's kind of a weird question, but I'll give you the answer. It, we know it takes a hit. There's no way it comes ahead. So it's a volatile industry, like everything. That's that's a luxury. So, oh, I get it. So somebody was talking about Korea, and that's what they're saying is what if Korea starts doing stuff. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I can only speak of this, and I don't, I don't want to make you know anything light light of anything, and I don't want to dwell on this too much, but. Um, I can only tell you my experience in life, which is there's been a lot of conflicts since I've been alive, not, you know, and, and, and not full wars, obviously. Um, and it's had very little effect on our economy that I've seen um, as a whole. That's not what seems to affect it. So I'm not going to say that it won't affect it. I'm just saying things happen and, they, you know, it's weird what affects it. But maybe people will, will need joy and they'll want to play music. Uh, um, so he says, what's the best, uh, what's the best hearing protection that protects ears, but still allows you to hear intricate parts? Um, I like, uh, Saldano, not Saldano, sorry. Um, uh, let's see, D'Addario, because they used to be Planet Waves. D'Addario and Fender both make, uh, earplugs that I like. Um, there's more expensive ones, but those are very entry, entry level priced products. Um, they're called ear filters, and they're very inexpensive, ten to fifteen dollars tops, and they do a great job. It's what I use. I have a video about that, so I'll put the link to that video when I do the description. Okay, let's see. Um, there's questions that are tough, but it, I'll try. I try to. Try, I try to ask for the. I look for the tough ones. Uh, Beak Tour says most versatile guitar for under $600 new. And that's almost an impossible question, but $600. I really think versatile uh, HSS Mexican Strat at $599. That would be a very versatile guitar. You could do a lot with that guitar. I think the Epiphone Les Pauls at $599 would be very versatile. I think Schecter guitars at $599, very versatile guitars. Um, there's a lot of guitars. Um, you say versatile, so I'm not saying good sounding guitars. I'm talking about guitars that do multi-genres of music. So those are all good. And then uh, sub subsequently, all the other brands that are out there that are like that. So, But just think of this. The two biggies, which is uh, Gibson, Epiphone, and Fender, uh, have priced products in that category. So, of course, all the competitors do too. So... Yeah, Terry John Davis said business goes on even in times of war. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like I said, um, you know, I mean, things that happen. Uh, you know, I always mention when 9-11 happened, uh, uh, two weeks later, we had already planned. We had a vacation, and I, I worked for a large corporation, and it was a big deal when I, you know, when I took time off. And so two weeks later, it was going to be our first time with the with the, the, the boy to Disneyland. We went to Disneyland. And the reason I tell you the story is because just because it always sticks with me. Me and my wife went to Disneyland, and there was nobody there. It was really empty. It was the park was just really empty. It had a weird feeling to it. Um, and so, I mean, you know, things happen, and they mess with markets. I mean, obviously, people decided they didn't want to go to Disneyland. So um, we even thought about not going a couple times, but, you know, we had deposits, and we were going to go. And so you never know. Um, 
Let's see. Okay, uh, Mia Mia says, thoughts on buying a Blues Junior on Craigslist? Things to keep in mind and look for, out for. Yeah, it's tough. You know, buying a used amp, it's tough on Craigslist because you're usually going to meet and you plug it in and, and you can't tell if an amp acts up, right? Um, so I've said it before. I say it again on Craigslist. My only thought is this. I won't pay a good price for anything on Craigslist. If they're on Craigslist and there's no accountability like on eBay and Reverb or it's not a retailer where there's accountability, then give me a smoking deal. But I go on Craigslist all the time and people want what I would pay if I get it on Reverb. I'm not going to pay, just personal, everybody's different. I'm not paying $500 for an amp on Craigslist if I can buy one for exactly $500 in reverb and get accountability in a return policy. Um, there's just no way. And try it out. Um, nope. So Craigslist is about deals for me. So to me, a Blues Junior on Craigslist, if it's 250 bucks, it's too hard to pass up. And even, even if I want, you know, even if it doesn't work, the parts are worth that, then I go for it. But... Um, also, too, you know what I found is, and everybody's different on Craigslist uh, or anytime you're dealing with people one-on-one, I read the person way more than I read the product. Does that make sense? Like you can get a sense of the person you're dealing with way more than you'll be able to see if there's a problem with the guitar or the amp. So if I'm buying a guitar off Craigslist and I meet the person, I'm more interested in trying to figure out what kind of person I think I'm dealing with. That will tell me what kind of guitar I'm getting. Uh, if the person seems sketch, then... I know the guitar is probably gonna, it's it's gonna be a little dangerous to go forward, so, so there you go. Um, Angus Porter uh, says, "What's your unicorn guitar?" In other words, what's the guitar that got away? Um, for me, I've said it before, it's kind of boring. It's the Ibanez Universe. I always wanted one. They were a thousand bucks when I was a kid. Then they were five grand. Now they're seven, eight grand. They've always just been priced way out of where I can get them. I don't even want one anymore, <laughs> right? It's just something I don't care about anymore. But it's always been that guitar that's got away kind of moment. Um, other than that, I've been lucky. I've never really had a guitar that I, I just wanted that I couldn't, you know, eventually get something like it. So uh, David Lawrence says, hey, Phil, thoughts on buying used guitars and amps at Guitar Center? Um, well, I bought my very first used guitar at Guitar Center, and um, I returned it. That was my SE245. Um, main reason was uh, the, the experience was a little slow. It wasn't very exciting. Got it. The guitar had two dents in it that it didn't have when I saw it in the store, and it was 2300 bucks, and it was just a lot of money, so I returned it. Um, I bought a new guitar since at Guitar Center, but it's on hold. That's a Schecter. We were talking about that last week with Ralph. Um, I get it in a couple days. We'll see how that works out. So that will be my my thoughts. Um, Pixie Licks loves Guitar Center for use. That's some, actually my main reasoning for trying Guitar Center used. Um, my thing with Guitar Center used is I don't really have stores that have a lot of selection. I usually online. And my problem online is this. I go online and it's just this front-facing picture with no description. So, like, I'll see, uh, you know, we're talking about U, uh, 212 cabinets. I was looking at used 212 cabinets on Guitar Center this week, but they don't even tell you what speakers are in them. I don't know if anything's been changed. And if you've had a different experience than me, please let me know. I've called the stores, and it is a, probably the worst experience every time calling. They seem like they not only don't want to talk to you, but it's just they don't know anything anyways. So even if you get somebody who's eager to help, they don't know anything. They just tell you, like, I don't know, it came in, we checked it out. and oh, It's got a return policy. But you're out the shipping. So 
Ironbeard says, hey, Phil, I received my new shirt in the mail yesterday, and I will be pimping it all the time. What's your thoughts on the MTD paces? Thank you for doing the shirt. The new logo came out. I'm very excited about that. This is not it. The new logo came out today. Uh, it's uh, We changed the dude with the rock fingers to a dude uh, jumping or duck walk, uh, whatever. I just like the, the change. And we changed... Um, uh, the guitar slightly a little bit. I'm um, so I'm excited. That's the new shirt. Uh, so it's basically like the old shirt, just different. And then we're doing a shirt of the month. So that's why if you see other shirts out, it's just for each month, like the month of August and stuff like that to make it fun. So MTD bases. Uh, I've played a bunch. Always like them. Uh, you know, Michael Tobias design. Very very good stuff. Um, so the. In fact, I was in the market for a new base. If you notice, I haven't got a new base. It's because of this GitCon thing going on in Germany. I know I'm going to be at the Warwick, Warwick factory. And I'm a little scared that I might find a Warwick when I'm there and fall in love with that. Because I'll be at the factory. So, uh, so let's see. Okay, let's see. Uh, Lewis B88 says, Do you know why PRS got rid of the standard model in the core line? Um... Yes, I know exactly why. You're talking about the Custom 24 uh, st standard, right? Standard 24, custom, or the, custom, the standard 24. So everybody back up. So 2000, I want to say seven was the last year for those. There was models like the Custom 24, Custom 22. There was a standard 24 and standard 22. Same models, but just mahogany without the maple caps. Yes, um, Paul Reed Smith's cost issues have to do with labor. And, um, and, and cause they're in the U S and so the labor does not save them when they made those models. So those models weren't selling very well for them because if you think about the time it happened when they got rid of them was still during kind of before the recession hit. So people were just buying the more expensive custom 24s and custom 22s. So the dealers weren't selling as many standard 22s and standard 24s plus they didn't cost a whole lot less to manufacture. And that's the thing with, uh, you know, Pollard Smith. Um, one thing I always remember with PRS guitars is they're, they're not that big of a company. They look a lot bigger than they are. And because of that, they have a lot more expense than they probably look like they do. Does it make sense? They don't, you know, um, everybody who understands business understands scale, right? You have to scale a business up. So size, Gibson, Fender, you know, a thousand units a day, you know, get the volume up. Uh, PRS is not in that world. And so when they're priced in those price ranges, but they don't get to enjoy the profit lines that those bigger companies do. So things like that. So that's why it's gone. And then uh, when they brought S2s, um, that's where they, they, they kind of, basically put that type of product they'll never bring that stuff back because the s2 line is doing so well um okay i i'm i'm gonna try okay zach's question is with regards to guitar buying what do you think of sidestepping okay for the sake of tonal variety versus upgrading something that suits your taste better i'm not sure i understand the term sidestepping um so in other words, going with something else versus upgrading. Uh, sorry, Zach, I, I'm not understanding the sidestepping comment. If anyone can help me or Zach clarify, try to clarify. Um, let's see, uh, Alpha James 33. Phil, any experience with ESP guitars? I have owned many ESP guitars before. They are great. What about the EC1000, Seymour Duncan? Uh, Seymour Duncan one. Yeah, you know, ESP is fantastic stuff. I mean, it's great. Yeah, I even like the LTD stuff. Um, um, 
they've always been a high-end uh, company. When I was a kid, you know, Queensryche had them, George Lynch had them, very few guitar players had ESP. You never saw them, you know, in a store. I didn't. And um, so finally, when they started LTD, you started seeing them at guitar centers and stuff. And um, but I've owned a bunch of the George Lynch ESPs and a couple of their ESPs and just fantastic stuff. Um, I have a friend who owns a couple of ESP Strat style guitars, and I was playing them, and they were amazing. So, next question. Matthew says, thoughts on gravity picks. Okay. Just uh, got one with the JHS pedal and I love it. Yeah, I, I have a bunch of gravity picks. Yeah, they're they're basically like the V-picks, the same kind of logic. Um, I think Chapman endorses them or something like that. Very cool. It's got that plastic that when it gets to your body temperature, it gets a little sticky and not sticky like sticky paper, but, you know, kind of sticks to your fingers. Um, really cool. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I have a bunch, played them, liked them. They, like I said, they remind me of the V-picks. If you guys have V-picks, they're almost the identical, same stuff. Uh, very good stuff. Um, the clear ones I didn't enjoy because when you drop them, they're hard to find. <laughs> so, so David says, are Duesenberg guitars worth their price, especially Star Player TV and 49er? Thanks, Phil. Man, those Duesenberg guitars are fantastic. I don't know if they're worth They're like Collings guitars to me. They are just perfectly put together. Um, and they have a price that suits that. Um, worth is impossible to, to argue. I don't I don't know how to explain that. But are are they good? They are very good. So is there a issue with the fact that they're expensive? No. Would I like them to be more affordable? Yes. I think that's what it always comes down to: comfort of what I'm willing to pay for a guitar. And some guitars, I I can tell they're great. Duesenberg and, and Collings are are Collings are some of the best put together guitars I've ever played, especially in the semi hollow and hollow body world. Um, fantastic, fantastic in every way. But those price tags always scare me just a little bit. Um, Apriority, whatever. Apriority says, Phil, GC return policy is great. Yeah, they didn't give me any grief. I took back the guitar. I think they they just didn't refund the, the $20 shipping, which is what I was aware of. So, yeah, no, no, great. No issues at all. Um, that's what I said. Uh, with that policy, that's why Craigslist, if some dude's trying to sell a thing for what Guitar Center is selling for used or a music store or somebody with a return policy, I'm like, ah, I don't want to pay that. So I, it makes me old school, I guess. So next. No. Mario Kane says, Phil, do you think uh, I'm uh, this is Johnny Carson? The answer is no. What's the question? Mario Kane says, Phil, do you think a Boss Cantana 100 speaker can handle a bass at gigging volume? No, that speaker will not handle it. Um, you would probably damage that speaker heavily uh, if you were running a bass too hard through it. Guitar speakers, it's about speakers. Guitar speakers just can't handle the low end frequencies. So my guess is no, you would toast that speaker out. Probably, here's the thing, not even we're not even talking about blowing it. You'll just damage it in a way that it'll never sound right. So... And then, you know, then you have to worry about it. Jerome uh, D. D. Young. Jerome D. Young. I must say Young. It's with a J, but I think it's Young. Hello, Phil. I have Have you ever tried a James Taylor Variax? That's uh, James Tyler, right? James Tyler Variax? Guitar. I'm saying it wrong. You're saying it right. If so, Korean made versus US made. Any thoughts? I have played both the American one and the Korean one. And I thought they were fantastic. 
I like them immensely. I did not notice a difference in the American one at all. Um, we were at the uh, the event. We were at a couple events with Line Six, and you know those American ones are really expensive. Um, me. I would buy the Korean one in a second over the American one. The main reason is it's a technology-based product. So um, I don't like investing a lot of money into musical gear that's a technology-based product um, because technology outdates and then the product doesn't have value. So the, the truth is this. Is the Line 6 Variax guitar a very good guitar, the James Tyler ones? Yes. In 10 years, when there's a new technology, are they going to be valuable? No. Like everything else in those type of guitars, they'll, they won't. So to me, I would I like the idea that they do. That was my whole complaint about the RoboTuner Les Pauls, right? I didn't mind that they did RoboTuners. I just thought that technology should be slapped on an Epiphone. To me, give me a $600 guitar that can tune itself. It's a really cool thing for a gig or situations. But to make a guitar that basically has a really amazing resale value, but then stick something to it that's going to affect that resale value doesn't seem very logical to me. Um, and, and and again, everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to have different point of views on that. And um, But that's my personal point of view. Um, because, um, you know, not everything do I fall in love with it. Sometimes gear doesn't stay. Most of it does, but most some of it doesn't. So there you go. So in my opinion, uh, the Korean ones were just as good as the American ones. They definitely sounded the same. <laughs> Um, hey, Phil. Uh, Nate Snell says, Hey, Phil, I have a Boss NS2 and I am thinking about the ISP Decimator or MXR SmartGate. Any experience with these? Yes, ISP Decimator is one of the best noise uh, suppressing pedals on the market. Uh, that's why it kind of owns that market. The MXR SmartGate, which I have one right here, <sighs> right here, it's on my shelf, is a very good pedal as well. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, I only have this one because I got a better deal on it than I got on the ISP. So uh, so if I came across an ISP decimator, I'd probably upgrade to it. Um, both are very good. I don't think you can go wrong with e either one. Um, the Boss NS2 is actually pretty good, but I, I personally prefer these two over the Boss. In, in order, I like the Boss, then the MXR, then the ISP. That's the order in which I, I prefer them. But all three being good. So it's not you know junk and then great. It's just good, better, best. In my experience. Um, Aaron says, please make a video on on the Fernandez Sustaniac install. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever do that. Um, I've only installed like one. It was years ago. You just don't see them anymore. And, I, you know, just I, logically, I just don't see a scenario where I'll, where I'll be able to do it. But, um, but, you know, you never know. There are 621 of us hanging out, by the way, today, which is great great way to end the week um let's see oh milio3 says phil graphic eq or parametric um i prefer a graphic eq parametric to me is how you get that really intense uh pantera sound you can really scoop in your guitars um boss made a cool parametric eq there's a lot of par parametric is great for like a studio but as a guitar player we're just talking about guitar players as a guitar player it's a little too focused for me it focuses in the sound a little too much um for my taste so graphic eq is just a just a little easier for me to adjust um but if anyone's had other opposite experiences of that put it in the notes because i'm always curious to see how somebody uses a piece of gear so Let's see. Next one. Ready? 
Cream Fresh Cream says, Hey, Phil, do you like super amps? E yes. <laughs> I, I own two. I like them very much. Uh, the main one I play is the one I just panned to is the 10 inch speaker one. Um, and I have a Saturn. I had a duo tone. I'm going to get rid of it. That's the one where it's not working right. Um, uh, but no, uh, super amps are great. Um, priced okay, right? A little high, but not too crazy priced in that fender range. I'd like to, I'd like them if they were a couple hundred dollars less, that'd be nice, but great stuff for sure. Um, Let's see. Yeah, uh, G3CKO says, Hey, Phil, do you know any pedals that create a synth-like sound for lead playing? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a lot of great ones out there, but the one I would highly recommend are the uh, Electro Harmonix. Uh, har um, Harmonix? Electro Harmonix? Harmonix? I don't know why I can't say that. Electro Harmonix um, synth pedal. They have a... Um, they have an organ one, the, the B9, the C9, and the key, key9. Any one of those, man. Ah, they're all fantastic. That's where you want to go. So B9, uh, C9, and the key9. Uh, so those are great. So check those out for synth sounds. Very reasonable for what they are too. No crazy, uh, no crazy modifications to the guitar. Okay. Uh, etched, uh, wants to know, do you like hybrid amps? Yeah, I do. I like the super champ by Fender, right? Uh, the super champ X2 and it's a hybrid amp. It's a little bit of digital going on with a little tube. I think that's really, uh, uh, an interesting idea. I think that's where eventually we'll get amps. Uh, the sound the best is messing with that. There's a lot of hybrid stuff going on with most amps anyways that we don't realize. Um, so of course, uh, so there you go. Mel Yellow asked a couple times, current reverb of choice, uh, 63 Fender reverb. It's on the floor right now. It's actually on my pedal board. Um, that's the one I, that, that's one I use the most. It's simple. It's easy. It's cheap. It's good. Um, okay. Here's a good question. Mojo Penguin says, Hey Phil, in regards to country of manufacture, would you rather buy made in China or made in Indonesia? Cord is making some nice guitars and basses out of their Indonesian factories. You know, I think, I think that always comes down to, to me, it's really easy. Two things. So in order, first, the, I, where it's made to me is of course I'm in America. So I want stuff to be American made, right? I'm sure wherever you're from, if you're from, you know, England or, or Thailand or wherever you're from, you know, you want pride in we're in your country and, and you, I, heck I'd like stuff to be made in my state. Um, so I, I, I want to buy stuff made in the USA. Then after that, I want to buy uh, stuff from countries that have good trade agreements with my country or have good relationship with my country. I think that's a, that's a, that's a great way to look at how to buy product. Now for that logic. Now, when it comes to actually where it's made though, China, Indonesia, Vietnam, Korea, Japan, what I look at is not so much, do I look at where it's made as whether or not I'll buy it or not. It's where it's made decides how much I want to pay for it. And I've, I've been that way. I don't think that's a, a, you know, a unique thing to act like. I think most of us are like this. So when I see made in Japan, I'm willing to pay more for it than made in Korea. I'm, made to pay, I'm willing to pay more for Korea than I am for China, right? And so, and so on and so on. And then, then this is where it gets a little gray now. Now, Indonesia and China, they're kind of on the same playing field, but I think I prefer Indonesia over China for quality. Um, 
but not for any negative reason that I've seen Chinese product. I just prefer Indonesian guitars. They just seem really good. So that's what it is. But for me, when a guitar, because I have guitars made everywhere, China, Indonesia, USA, uh, Korea, Japan, Canada, Mexico. Um, the only thing I feel about them is the price. I think it's because I don't really enjoy stuff where it's like made in China and it's $1,500 and I go, okay, well, is that because some guy is just keeping all the profits? You know, he could have gave me, because that's what I look at. If you're going to go overseas, some people get really touchy on this subject, so I got to watch it. Um, not not just because I don't want to upset anybody. But when I look at an American-made guitar uh, for 1500 bucks and they take the guitar to China, I understand the concept. And if the guitar is 300 bucks, I, I, I get it. Whether I agree with it is, not, is irrelevant. I'm not talking about agreeing with it. I'm talking about I get it. But I don't want to pay $1,500. And that is an experience I've had personally. You know, Sabine Tuners was a good example. They were made in the USA. They were $60. And then they moved them to China and they stayed $60. Well, we know that the the cost went down, but they were just pocketing the difference. So I'm like, so now you're, so so that's what I don't like. So in your to answer your question is, I prefer Indonesia over China, but really to me, it's just a pricing thing. I, I just want those guitars to stay inexpensive if they're, if they're made in places where they can make them inexpensively. I hope that kind of makes sense. Um, uh, hi, Phil. Uh, this is uh, from Mika T. Hey, Phil, do you have any experience with Burns guitars, uh, Trisonic pickups? Uh, yeah, I owned a Burns guitar in 2005. And it was really cool. Uh, unit guitar. They're, they're out there. They're, um, so cool stuff out there. Definitely different. If you guys have never seen Burns guitars, look it up. They were the first one, I think, to make an actual, um, uh, the guy from Queen, uh, why can't I think of the guitar player from Queen? What is wrong with me? I should, should be ashamed of myself. I just watched a video of him too the other day. Brian May. The Brian May guitar. Uh, they, they made one for a while too. They make weird guitars. So um, cool stuff. But they're like everybody else. They don't make the guitars there. They're just made overseas too. Um, Ed Bailey says, Hey, thoughts on the Orange Crush 100 watt bass combo? I haven't tried it. Uh, can't find the reviews anywhere. Probably because they're not selling a whole lot of them. So that's I mean, uh, that would be my 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 thought. I mean, they probably sold a few, but it takes a lot to sell before you see you see reviews. Um, Nor'easter Playa says, "Ever built an amp from a kit?" No, I never built a kit amp. I built pedals. I've never really built an amp at all. Um, I've never I've modded a couple amps. I've done stuff. I've messed with stuff. Um, but no, never an amp from a kit. Uh, was looking at Mojo Tone kits the other day, not to do that, but it was just funny that I was looking at them. Um, so there is, um, uh, Crispin says, Crispin Cornette says, what amp would you go through if you were always going to be playing through a PA? Uh, well, if you need an amp for a monitor, that's the thought, right? Otherwise I'd use some kind of modeling thing. You know, like modeling thing. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, a small amp I, for a PA. I like the, you know what? The Fender Super uh, Super Champ is great because it's got a special line out, speaker emulated line out, and it's loud enough at, at 15 watts to to get you some, some tube volume on stage. So something definitely worth checking out. Any of those would be great. A lot of people have said Brian May. I'm like, yeah, see, I finally got it. Um, and... Rudy says, do you still sell guitars on reverb? I don't. We didn't do a whole lot of reverb, you know, right? Um, 
the shop did some reverb. Um, I didn't really get involved with that side of it, but they did some and then they backed off uh, towards the end. So I, I don't. Um, sometimes I think I'll throw like some of my personal stuff on reverb because that's where I like to buy and sell my stuff. Reverb. So no, I don't sell a whole lot of stuff on reverb, unfortunately. Okay. Um, okay, and we'll do three questions. And first one is Chuck Dickens. Phil, if you had $1,000 and you have to buy a guitar, what is the first thing that comes into your head? No Fender Gibson allowed. Oh, that's where you got me because that's what I was going to say. Uh, so $1,000 can't be a Fender Gibson. Uh, you didn't say our new or used, but I'll say new just to play, to play be nice. Um, thousand bucks. I'd probably look at a Kiesel for a thousand bucks. I'd look at a Schecter for a thousand bucks. Um, what else for a thousand bucks? Uh, PRS S2 for a thousand bucks. Satin finish. Those are all definitely for sure. Okay. And, um, Matthew wants to know, do you have a preferred tube brand? Uh, no, for tubes, uh, I use JJ's. They're pretty good. They're cheap. They're, everybody has an opinion about this. I'm not a tube guy. When it comes to brand tubes, I use uh, I use uh, Electro Harmonix and I use uh, JJ's, mostly JJ's because I have a good experience. Um, had bad experiences with groove tubes over and over again, so I kind of shied away from them. Um, when it, and it's not a sound issue to me. Tubes, you know, just I want them to work. <laughs> tubes get so. Let's see. Uh, Steve was also chiming in on the Joe Yoamp from, yeah, the Joe Yamp. Yep. They sent it to me, review it. So I've been working on it. Um, let's see. Okay. And we'll pick one for last one for fun. And the last one is... Okay, here's a good question. Uh, Reuter Guitar says, do you feel, do you think that a satin or oil finish reduces guitar appeal even when using finger, figured woods? No, I don't think so, right? I, I kind of like sometimes, like, right? We all kind of like a, a wood finish without the clear coat. I'm not real big on the way clear coat looks over wood. Um, I do pick that because I like the way it feels. I like the clear finish, but I don't think wood looks really good when you put a caked clear, you know, plastic layer over it so um no i think uh satin finish is fantastic so so that was fun right like i said uh 637 of us hanging out uh really cool of you guys let me know in the comments what you think about doing a live joyo review um i did five versions of this joyo amp review and it's really involved it's the most crazy amp i've ever messed with in my entire life um and it took me weeks just to understand it <laughs> as a whole. And I really, really like it. It's a really good amp. Uh, it's in fact, it's almost mind blowing. Um, uh, but it's very expensive and it's definitely got a couple crazy things to talk about. So let me know if you guys think that'd be cool to, uh, to do a review like that, maybe a 30, 40 minute live review. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, there is somebody said, I skip questions. I, if I don't see them, I don't see them. Sorry. I, so and the only thing I can tell you on questions is you got to repost them and uh, what else anything else exciting I think that's pretty much it for announcements nothing nothing too crazy I was thinking about 
making sure we I'm scrolling just to see if we missed anything there is so many of us doing these live QA's and then also too I'm thinking about adding a moderator right uh, to the live QA so let me know what you think if that's a good idea too so uh, so any thoughts all right guys on that note I'm gonna let you guys go and enjoy your weekend and uh, thank you guys for hanging out with me I appreciate it very much and as always uh, thank you for your time and know your gear